This is the G.I. Joe and Barbie in Love podcast, where we give you brutally honest dating and relationship advice from an opposites attract kind of couple who see life and love extremely differently. I'm Cindy, and against my better judgment, I still believe in fairy tales. I'm Andrew, and I can smell your relationship BS from over a mile away. Join us as we guide you through the uncomplicated, complicated journey to love. Hey, podcast fans. Before we jump into this episode, I would just like to say thank you to all of the brave men and women of law enforcement who put their lives and their own mental health on the line every day to keep us all safe. Law enforcement is a thankless and extremely difficult job, and most officers out in our communities are kind-hearted and good people. In honor of my hero, my co-host Andrew, I would like to dedicate this podcast to all of the brave heroes who wear the badge. Thank you for your service and sacrifice. Please note that this episode was recorded on May 23, 2020, before the tragic incident in Minneapolis occurred. And now, on with the show. At this point, you're aware that my co-host Andrew is a law enforcement officer and has been one for over 20 years. I'm a forward-thinking dreamer type, but I can honestly say that I never really envisioned myself being in a long-term relationship with a cop. Not really sure why. I think I assumed I'd end up with probably like a white-collar office job, polo khakis kind of guy who was steady and dependable and probably boring. Well, unfortunately, I think when women think about cops, they see kind of like a quickie fantasy. I mean, this is just my perception. Maybe not necessarily an aspirational long-term partner. I don't know of any woman that grew up saying, I want to grow up and marry a cop. But cops are notorious for tumultuous love lives. Don't you agree? Yeah, there's a super huge divorce rate within the law enforcement community. And I think any job that is high stress and also shift work where you're working different hours, sometimes nights, afternoons, whatever. When you get to where I'm at now, we have a steady schedule, so that's not as much a factor. But spending a lot of time away from family, missing a lot of holidays, those kind of things can put a lot of stress on a relationship. And just the uh, mentality of the people you deal with and everything can cause you to change. If you're not versed in separating that and you bring it home, you're always going to put pressure on your family or the people that you're involved with putting them at, uh, in the stress that you're bringing home with you. Well, in your line of work, you have been trained to evaluate people and maybe assume that everyone's kind of a liar. What kinds of challenges has that presented and how you view women in relationships? Well, I think that it's really easy to fall into the spectrum of thinking everybody has a hidden agenda and that they're, like you said, not being honest with you. And I think that I've kind of passed through that when you're seeing drama all day at work, it's real easy to see that, you know, I'm not going to live my life like that. So as soon as somebody wants to express their ideas or views or wants to bring up a problem, you see it as, oh, here we are leading into this dramatic thing. And so you usually want to shut it down right away. And that's obviously not healthy. So, Well, I assume that also if a cop shows emotions or feelings at work, 
that can lead to weakness and loss of control in a situation. So, you know, I think that's probably on the surface what you would think, but I think that <laughs> I just want to think on the surface. Well, I mean, I think things have changed quite a bit with the way that society has gone to be in more citizen friendly with policing and stuff like that. I think that you do see a lot more empathy from police officers and even those that have kind of hardened up to the job. I still think you do see that. One of the things I know personally for me is I hate seeing people get victimized. And so I think that that has really brought out something different in me to where I have a little bit more empathy and uh, I feel for things a little bit more as far as people struggling and stuff. And so I think when I was younger, it definitely was a stressor and definitely caused issues. And for always, I'm still going to be kind of hidden with my feelings and stuff because you do want to keep a poker face, especially when people are freaking out and upset. You still have to act like you're in control. And that becomes pretty habitual. It's hard to turn that off, I suppose. Well, I mean, for cops that have had to turn that off, maybe they're a little more seasoned too. turn off their emotions for work. How easy is it then to turn them back on for a relationship? Like you have to do one thing when you're at work and then you got to come home and do something completely different. It's almost impossible on a major scale, I think, as far as easily slipping back into that. Because whatever issues that may come up within a relationship or things that you have in your personal life, They just don't equate to what you have to deal with at work. So you look at it and be like, you know what? I'm sorry that I didn't pick up after I left this morning, but, you know, I did see somebody take their last breath today at work. So, I mean, it's the equation that you have in your regular life and the stress level in your regular life at work. It just makes everything else seem kind of minimal. So when you come home and people want to express their emotions and express how their feelings are going on, you just sometimes you just don't feel like you don't have time for it, which is, is not healthy in any relationship, I would say. Well, you probably develop these pretty hard calluses about some of that stuff because you see way more than the average person does. So then when the average person has some sort of a crisis, which on your scale is like a one versus like the shooting or something that you saw at work that was maybe like a nine, you're like, it's not really a big deal. Get over it or something. Yeah, you're just short. Really, when you go to these calls, you might spend 20, 30 minutes involved. And it's kind of like a TV show. You know, you go in there, you have this huge problem that comes up. And by the end of it, you got to solve it before you leave. You try to wrap things up quickly. And in your own personal lives or in a dating scenario, it's like those things don't end in just 30 minutes. It's like something that may be ongoing or something that needs being addressed deeper. And so I think that if you run and become in that habit, it's real hard to turn that off and change it to something more meaningful when you come home. Well, you did mention the having a poker face thing. And I think that this is funny about you. I mean, I honestly can never tell what you're thinking or what you're feeling, which is frustrating to me. But I think that the and I don't know if it's if there's other cops, you can tell me if this is a thing or not, if it's just a you thing. But the best way to describe how no one can read you, and I think you said not even your coworkers can do it, is that is that picture, that meme that you sent me that one time, that grid of nine pictures of the exact same photo of Darth Vader? Oh, yeah. The many emotions of Darth Vader. Yeah, and then, like, under each photo, it was, like, a different emotion. It was, like, happy, sad, angry. But, like, the face, the picture was, like, exactly the same, and I feel like that's you. Honestly, part of that is we've talked a little bit about issues I've had with ADHD and that kind of thing and trying to not come off sounding stupid or, or whatever. A lot of times I've struggled with connecting my emotions to my reactions. And so I just kind of mimic what other people are doing. When you're not sure exactly how you're supposed to respond to people's emotions, I have a tendency just to maintain that stoic version of myself, which is pretty much how I'm thinking. And and like I said, a lot of times when I'm listening to somebody or talking to somebody, even within my private life, it's just like, I'm not really feeling anything. It's just like that lady came up that time and said, oh, you're in deep thought. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just sitting. This is just me, you know? 
And so, I mean, I'm switched off a lot. And I think it, part of that is law enforcement. I think you do become switched off. And I think in any high stress occupation, you're going to do that because I think you're, you just have to, you know, you just have to be switched off emotionally, but then mentally revved up. And so this becomes a habitual thing and you just, it's hard to let go of that. And I think that anybody that dates somebody like that, you're just going to either take it for what it is, or you're going to get stressed out and you're it's not going to work for you. Being able to pick up on that and that there's an issue, I think, is where you get your counselors and that kind of thing that definitely could step in and help you out. So I think we should address the cop fantasy that is undeniably, I mean, this is a dating podcast, it's undeniably a thing. Let's face it, there's a reason that male strippers dress up in cop uniforms. Andy, why do you think women fantasize about being with a cop? Well, there's probably a lot of facets of it. I think some people got a thing for that authority deal. Could be daddy issues or whatever. It's like you want somebody that's, I guess, that authoritative figure that is the dominating kind of thing. And police officers seemingly, in theory, have this perceived power that it goes with them. And it might be something that women are into. I mean, just like women are into CEOs or somebody powerful within a company, police officers in society have power. And I think anybody that is kind of an adventure style career could be firefighters, could be a pilot, could be EMTs, anybody that's out there. And honestly, women do the same thing. So, I mean, women and men both do these careers. And I don't know how many guys have fantasies of women police officers. I don't really have any (laughs) uh, based on just (laughs) what I've seen. Isn't Um, there that song, though? Mrs. Officer? Yeah, that's, yeah. Little Wayne or whatever, I think, is, is that. Yeah, and that's a great song, too, by the way. I think that there is a lure to that kind of thing, uniforms. Oh, another thing, you know, I think that everybody has their fantasies. I don't, in my personal career, I haven't really seen a lot of that. I mean, other than... I'm Except sure. for that one time. But I, I honestly, for the amount of years that you have into law enforcement, I cannot believe that you either haven't noticed or that you haven't gotten hit on more on the job. Well, I probably have. And I don't really... Like I said, when you're out working, you're focused on threats. You're not really focused on people hitting on you. I mean, I suppose it depends on where you're working at and what's going on. But in an urban city where I work at, it's not super mega dangerous, but you're going to be a little bit more focused on a lot of the things that are going on around you. One of the things for me, too, is that I come from a military background, so there's some strict adherence to rules and regulations when you're wearing a uniform and stuff. And so, you know, I've always looked at it as I don't want to compromise my job to be either flirting with somebody or something like that, or you think it's going to put me in trouble because there's enough things in there to get yourself jammed up anyway. Wasn't there some time when you, I think you told me the story about being in the mounted unit and you were riding your horse and you were trying to show off in front of, wasn't there like a thing and then you fell off or something? Yeah, I was always doing that, especially right after I got divorced. (laughs) I was freshly single and still pretty much in my maturity phase of, of adulthood. I would always try to show off or do something cool or tricky, jumping something or everything, and it always ended up in failure usually. Didn't your horse run away? No, he just he, I would try jumping over something, and I wasn't properly set up, and the horse went one way and I went the other way, and I thought I was going to crash because I had done that before. And so when I tried to push off the horse, the horse changed directions, and I just fell on my back in the sidewalk in front of about five or six young ladies and uh, <laughs> knocked the wind out of me, couldn't breathe and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> But I think that guys are always doing stuff like that, you know, to try to show off. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you didn't cross your mind when you were wearing these. No, and I can remember it was one time women had always come up, especially women would come up and want to pet the horses and stuff. And I remember one gal did come up and she was petting the horse and smiling. And I was like, yeah, everybody always wants to pet the horses, but nobody ever wants to pet the riders. And then she started rubbing my leg, I think, or something. What? Yeah, it was a (laughs) while ago. But I think that, yeah, I mean... (laughs) 
that was one time I was pretty slick about it. And I suppose there was some of that going on, but it probably seems like a pretty good thing. But I think that, you know, especially what seems like a pretty good thing, you know, dating an officer or something. I remember, you know, I was younger. I worked a lot of extra work, so like off-duty jobs and overtime and stuff, and so I was gone quite a bit. And then that being a single dad and stuff, your time gets divided up quite a bit. That was one of the big complaints, I think, dating people that I didn't have as much time to spend with them or I was always working or I, not that I really loved doing the work so much. It was just the fact that I needed the money. So, I mean, well, I know that I've told you this and I know that I've told my friend this before. I mean, you probably have forgotten, but... Before I met you, before I'd even considered dating a police officer, I always had this, like, girl fantasy of, like, being pulled over by some super hot cop. And, I mean, you can kind of assume where it goes from there. But, you know, what's funny is, is that I was able to actually go to where you work and I saw your squad car and I looked in the back seat because I'm thinking, oh, you know, stuff could happen back in there, you know? And you're like, yeah, that would not ever work because there's no room back there. Well, not to mention when you open the door, the cameras turn on. So it's like pretty hard to get away with anything like that anymore. You know, I think that I'm sure it's been done because like anything that you can think of has pretty much been done. It just sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yeah. And I think it doesn't really appeal to me. just the fact that it's because it's my work. And I think a lot of people would be in the same boat. It's like, I'm sure people that are teachers, probably the last thing you want to do when they go home is mess with kids, you know, if you've been spending eight hours a day, and maybe I'm wrong. But I just think that when you spend so much time doing something, and you're forced to do it, then the opportunity to pull enjoyment out of that is usually... Yeah, but it's not like I'm asking you to, like, arrest me, maybe frisk me, but not arrest me. I mean, it was it's more of a sexual fantasy thing than it was, like, a work thing, I think. And I know you mentioned the uniform, and for the most part, I think that like ninety nine percent of the women that I know have a thing for uniforms. There's only one that I that I know that she says that she doesn't. But she's probably lying. <laughs> well, I mean, a fireman is a thing too, because I know you're always like, well, women tend to like firemen more than they like cops. Well, everybody loves firemen because the thing about cops, and I am the same way, is that even if you're not doing anything wrong, and a cop pulls up behind you, it just scares the crap out of you because it's like. But you're a cop. That shouldn't work for you. What do you mean? That shouldn't work on you. But it does work on me because, you know what, I wasn't always a cop. And it's like I've been pulled over plenty of times and I've been arrested a few times for being stupid back when I was younger. It's kind of a scary thing. And I think that firefighters are not seen as that way. You know, you're always the good guy. You're always pulling the cat out of the tree. You're pulling people out of burning buildings and that kind of stuff. And I think that that's more of a love profession. I'm sure there's people that do really appreciate what the police do. But there's still always that thing that police officers have the ability to, to make your life unpleasant. And so I think that that's definitely a thing out there. And Yeah, but you know what you guys have that they don't? What's that? Handcuffs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and by the way, those real ones are not as easily manipulated and as fun in the bedroom as you might think. Yeah, they're not very comfortable. <laughs> Where's the key? Where's the key? But I think when it comes to those kind of uniforms, maybe it's like, seeing kind of a, a superhero's costume it does trigger that like rescue me save me sweep me off my feet kind of girl mindset but you and i've had this conversation before because i just had never dated a cop unfortunately most actual cops don't necessarily think of the uniform or the profession like a role-playing type costume i mean on the first date i did ask you to bring the uniform because i was like super excited about it given what I just said about what I kind of fantasized about. And tell the listeners how you feel when you put that uniform on and how that could be a hindrance to translating it to the fantasy. Well, I think when I come into work, I don't wear my uniform. 
I come in in just regular clothes, and then I go to my locker, start pulling all the stuff out, and make sure my boots are shined, do all these things, and I start putting that uniform on. When I put the uniform on, it's like a mind frame change. It's like, okay, now you know that people are looking at you, and you have to kind of set the example for proper behavior, and you have to be professional. You have to be on your guard, and it just puts you in a different mindset. Be focused. And it's just something I can't even really translate into normal things or it's like having to be a totally different person than you really are. Because we've talked about this in the past. I've lived the outlaw lifestyle and you're trying to stay in the shadows. But when you're a police officer, part of your job is being present and being seen and being focused on. It's just a different mindset. It just doesn't feel natural. I don't wear my uniform home. I don't wear it out in public when I'm not working. I don't wear it without my vest. I don't wear it without my gun belt. I don't do any of those things. I don't leave pieces out. It's always the same thing. And so to put that into some kind of recreational activity, (laughs) this doesn't seem to work for me, (laughs) you know? So I think that, you know, there's a mentality there and to just switch it off and be able to just be differently. It just, it doesn't work for me. It's very hard. To me, it's not enjoyable. And no one else asked you to do that. No, nobody's ever asked me to do that. I find that just so hard to believe. Well, and you know, the thing that's funny is that I think this is true for a lot of police officers that are guys. I can't speak for women because I'm not one. But when you're in uniform, especially when you're younger and you first start going, you know, for like at night when you're doing bar checks and stuff, there is a lot of attention, I suppose, from women. And I didn't do a lot of that because, like I said, I pretty early in my career, I started working days. So I'd never worked a lot of nights. But I know that guys that come from a background that didn't get a lot of attention from Women. women before, or they've never been in a position of power before or anything like that. I think it is a lot to handle. And so you'll see a lot of young cops getting in trouble with fraternizing, fraternizing or sleeping with people that they've met while they're on a call or something like that. And they get jammed up. There is some kind of lure to that kind of behavior. And I remember one of the things that I remember when I went, I went to New Orleans once for some training and we got to go down to Bourbon Street and it wasn't Mardi Gras or anything, but anybody that's been to New Orleans, even when it's not Mardi Gras, it's super crazy busy, people everywhere. And so I was down there, and we're walking through the crowd, and there's a big fire truck right in the main drag. And there's, like, these firefighters on there, and they weren't really in, like, normal firefighter uniforms. They were, like, T-shirts with, like, some kind of pants. And there was just women all over that truck, like, climbing <laughs> on it and hugging on them and getting their pictures taken. And these guys were just eating it up. And I'm sure maybe it's part of their PR deal to do that kind of stuff, but I was just thinking, holy crap. I can't see myself down on the street with women crawling all over me getting my picture taken. I just think that people in my supervisory positions would be losing their minds. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's those firefighter calendars. Yeah, that's true. I had a buddy at a bar and he was sponsoring because he was big into the firefighters and the cops. He always support us and stuff. And his bar was totally dedicated to that kind of thing. But he actually sponsored the calendar and they had some of the firefighters down there and there was just women everywhere getting the things signed up, you know, signing the calendars for them and stuff. And I was just thinking, wow, you know. You didn't think maybe I chose the wrong profession? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's just, that's not for me. We've talked a little bit about it. I'm not a guy that really loves attention, even like sometimes I bring it on myself, but that's something I mean that I guess we get a pretty big head with get that kind of attention. So yeah. But so you've already, you before... Before you wore the uniform when you were young, you had already passed having that need for that kind of attention from women, so you didn't... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, I've had other careers where there was an ability to get a lot of attention from women, and so yeah, I just didn't really... When I came to the law enforcement job, I'd freshly married, and at the time, happily married, and so I wasn't really tempted by that, and I really wasn't into that. Obviously, after my divorce, things changed a little bit, but 
Yeah. But you'd probably already detach the uniform from that sort of a thing at that point. Yeah, I just I never was associated to thinking that that was a thing. And you think that's maybe partly because you were in the military and had a uniform association in general? Yeah, maybe, but I think it more had to do with my shyness, with my ADHD. At that time, I wasn't medicated. When I first started doing the job, I I think I was still a little bit shy of talking to people, which is hard for a police officer. And the thing that's weird about that, too, is that when I'm in that uniform, I can very easily talk to people. I could walk up to any person in the world and talk to them and hold a conversation, and it wouldn't bother me. Because, like I said, I see it as an attachment. That uniform, to me, is kind of an attachment for myself. If I wanted to use it to pick up women, it would have been very easy because I think you have you know, an opportunity to talk to people easily. But for my personality, I think I've always been kind of quiet and doesn't never really was looking at using the uniform for that. So, Well, before I met you, I had never heard of the term badge bunny. And you know, the it's a funny thing too. I, I found out about it after I kind of got immersed, immersed, <laughs> immersed into the culture. And then I said something to you, but I don't think that you, did you know what that was? I feel like Yeah, I totally knew what that was. Oh, well, what Well, like I said, my buddy had that bar that was law enforcement related. They used to have academy graduation parties there, and there'd be women that were, um, I don't think you call them badge bunnies, we'd call them cop groupies. And so (laughs) I think these women are looking to date cops, and they realize that young cops are probably naive and easily trappable, especially with a little bit of liquor in them. If you're really into that. If who's really the women or the yeah, men? Yeah, I mean, if you're a person that's really into dating, like if I really want to date a cop, a female cop or a male cop, doesn't matter. I'm going to go to somewhere where cops hang out. Or if I want to date a doctor, you a go doctor, to the I'm going to go. Well, I guess you'd have to go to the hospital because I don't know how much time off they even have. But <laughs> I mean, and that's probably not a good idea, especially in COVID season. But you're going to go to those places where you can meet somebody like that. You know, if you want somebody that's in corporate. You're going to go in those settings where you know people go to after work. If there's a bar that's close by or a restaurant where a lot of office people go or on the lunchtime, if it's downtown somewhere in a a food court or something, that's where you're going to go to hang out to meet these people. Right. So, I mean, a badge bunny is essentially just a groupie, uh, someone that just has a thing for For you. For cops, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, though, I I mean, I think maybe because I haven't had any really negative run-ins with the cops ever, they're kind of like real life heroes to catch bad guys and you help strangers and you're putting your own life on the line for others kind of like the modern day equivalent and this is very fairytale of a knight in shining armor and don't you think that that's true and that women would likely be drawn to men in that profession for those reasons or do you think there's a different reason yeah i think that that's a lot of the reasons there's i'm sure there's other reasons as well but i think that what people don't understand is that a lot of police officers whether they're men or women tend to have a very dark personality. We have usually have a pretty dark sense of humor. You tend to be a little bit pessimistic, I suppose is the word for it. So I think that the uniform is usually just an outward thing. It doesn't really tell you exactly everything that's going on there. If people thought about that or knew about that, I think it would be less distracting. It would be more of a deterrent. You yeah, think? I think it would well, be. Well, are, are cops then darker people before the profession, or is that something that well, profession Well, I makes- think that... It depends. I think you have it both sides. I think there's some that are probably drawn that way. Um, But at the same time, I think that a lot of people get changed very quickly. In fact, when I went to the training, and I know to this day, they're real aware of letting people know that there's a possibility that your personality is going to be changed by the work you're around. You can't help but be affected by it. I mean, you can only see so much trauma and so much sadness. You do see good things too, but I mean, you see so much stuff that can drag you down. And to say, yeah, that just wouldn't affect me. I just don't think that people have that strong of characters. I mean, you're going to be affected by things like that. And if you don't admit to it or you don't believe it, 
then you're going to be lying to yourself. And I think that's when you have some self-medication, that kind of thing it comes up to. But it's been my experience that there's people that come out of it with it not affecting you. I think as you get older and you start to reevaluate yourself and you go through these things and you start to think differently, and if you have other things in your life, then I think that you do come through it sort of back to where you started. But I think there is a very easy chance for you to change. And I think that some of that people might be drawn to anyways. I mean, The if you, dark personality. Yeah, I mean, I think the... Well, didn't you say something once to me about the fact that you like to be with me because I'm kind of like the opposite of that? Yeah, I think that you can be, as a police officer, you can be a light in dark spots. Having to be that or expected to be that is wearing. So being able to let that go and have somebody else be the light, I think, is something that you're drawn to sometimes. Kind of like you need to recharge a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, a lot of police officers are drawn to chaotic people. Oh, well, aren't a lot of police officers drawn to other police officers? Yeah, there's some of that. But I think that has to do with work environment stuff, especially people that are in the same pressures that you are. I think you're going to be drawn to that. There's a lot of that going on, I think, as far as law enforcement and healthcare professionals. I mean, you do have a lot of interaction between, I mean, we, like, especially in the city I work in, we do have a lot of interaction with the hospitals. We have a lot of interaction with the fire department. So you're mingling together with those groups of people and you're all kind of in that service industry where you're dealing with trauma and stuff like that. So it was similar when I was in the military, even though it wasn't like a couple kind of thing. It became very close with each other because of the stress and the traumas that you were dealing with as far as being in the military. It's very tight-knit. And so you develop these very deep bonds and relationships based on the experiences you share. And so like a female and a male partners, I mean, so many times have I seen this at work. These people come in and they work together and it's seemingly innocent at the beginning, this male and female partnership. But it almost always ends up in some kind of affair or some kind of thing. Not always, but Well, didn't you often. say you've had exes that were worried about that situation? Yeah, a lot of that is jealousy. Like, I always look at it when I worked with females, because I've only did it a few times. When I worked with a female partner, that bond to me was very special because it was, this person is watching your back. This person is responsible for your safety as well as you're responsible for their safety. So it is a different bond that you'd never share, even with your significant partner. I mean, it's a special relationship. I think that there's going to be jealousy there. And when I did have a female partner, I was in a relationship. And that person was like, well, you're always out eating lunch with them. You're always talking all day long with them. So you're taking away from the things that would be special in our relationship. And they saw it as doing that with another female, whereas I was think, looking at it as just as a, you know, an equal. I never looked at my female people that I've worked with as a potential mate. I always looked at them as my equal, my partner, and somebody that I was dependent upon. I'm pretty sure you probably weren't that attracted to them anyway. Yeah, that was also part of the big <laughs> thing for me. I think a lot of women would give a man in a uniform like that maybe a one or even a two-point bump up in their score. I mean, I think a woman looks at a guy, and we did see it on the TV show, you know, look at somebody that's in average normal clothing, but then you put that person in a uniform and you're like, oh. Well, and I think too, I mean, and that's why, like I talked about, I'm really into the professional look of my uniform. So the uniform's pressed. My shoes are always spit shine. That in itself is appealing because I have people all the time wear a mark on my uniform. And I think it really shows a lot. And so I think if you were into that, somebody looking at somebody in a uniform like that and you saw how they looked really nice and professional, that looks good. I mean, it's attractive. You look at that would bring out attractiveness. It's the same thing with somebody that looks good in a suit. If you wear a good suit and it looks nice and it's not wrinkled, and that is an appealing thing. Same thing with a dress. When somebody puts on a really elegant dress, it's going to be more attractive than a t-shirt and jeans. I mean, it's just the way it is. So I think my uniform usually looks like a suit. 
I'm one of the few people still left that wears a tie with my long sleeve shirts. It makes me feel differently and makes me feel more professional. I'm sure that shines and it shows and makes them. Well, maybe you stand taller in that uniform too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I think that that's huge. That is going to be appealing and I think attractive to people. Well, let's talk about the benefits to dating a cop. What do you think a woman might see as a benefit to dating a man in blue? Well, I think you're just going to feel safer. And I think that especially if somebody's not like paranoid, like some cops are paranoid or (laughs) over the top with stuff. But I think you're just going to know that that other person is always watching to make sure there's no threats and that kind of stuff. Diligent usually about making sure that we know if there's a threat or something. And that would be very comforting, I think, if you like that. I mean, not everybody likes that. But I think if you wanted to feel safe and feel secure, you're going to feel safe and secure. Well, I think I've talked to other cop wives who were like, oh, I'll never get to sit in a restaurant where I get to face the door or whatever. That's like a thing. Because in general, you don't do this. But like in general, most cops, don't they sit, right? They sit where they can see the door. I think that that's, it's your comfortability. I personally am way more comfortable. I could be comfortable in the worst part of town in each city just because I'm watching it. I've got a lot of experience where I can see a lot more than probably even a, a new person that's working the job. And I'm not paranoid because I know and I've learned how to deal with people and sense danger a little bit more. So it's I'm a lot more comfortable. And I and a lot of that in the past, like being in the military and the martial arts and stuff, all that stuff equates into being more comfortable in those scenarios. But there are those people that's like they got to have gunman's corner where their backs face against the wall. And to me, I'm, I'm not. What did you call it? Gunman's corner. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's like a thing from back in the Wild West. You go into a bar and like the gunman that had a notable history of other gunmen looking for him would always want his back to the wall. So if somebody came in there, he wouldn't get shot in the back. So that's called gunman's corner. And a lot of people take it to that extreme. Oh, a lot of them always are wearing a gun too when they're not working. Yeah. And it, I mean, you'll see guys that back their cars into parking spots so they can pull out right away. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can set yourself up to be ready for a situation. And I, I wouldn't get into tell you all the things that I normally do, just used to doing, knowing where all the exits are at, knowing how many paces away everybody is. You know, where people's hands, those kind of things are constantly, I think that can be a distraction in a relationship, especially when you're early dating, because somebody that's not aware of that, they might think that the person's not focused on them or not engaged with them. But what cops can do, a lot of cops can do, are very good at multitasking. So we <laughs> oh, can, no, wait a minute. Well, okay. <laughs> we talked about my problems. But I mean, if you were with me at work while I was in uniform in my squad car, you would see a very different person than you see me here at home or around out and about because when I go into that mind frame, it's like I I am more capable of doing more things. So I can multitask and work a radio and a computer and drive and talk and all these things where I normally probably couldn't do that in my personal life because once I take that uniform off, I kind of let a lot of that stuff go. So in a fresh relationship, if you're not used to that, I mean, there's probably things that right by now you don't even pay attention to. But in the beginning, it might have been somewhat distracting. It's, oh, why are you looking at everybody comes in the door? Why are you top to bottom looking at everybody that comes to the door. I'm taking mental pictures of everybody that comes in the door to see right away if they're a threat or not. And that's something I'll never be able to turn off because it's just so ingrained into me. But I've dated people before. It's like they want you to make eye contact. You want them to be the focus of the, the whole evening. And I think that most police officers would just never be able to do that. Yeah, but so do you think that it makes more sense than if you are dating a police officer, at least in the beginning, than maybe to go somewhere where it's not super distracting for them? Like if you go into a restaurant that's busy, and they're doing that, then they can't focus on you, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, it depends on the person. Obviously, some people are better at it than others. But, and, and I think that's you know, it's situational. 
I worked in a smaller department before I came into a bigger department. In that smaller department, the things that I was dealing with on a regular basis were not nearly as dangerous as stuff working in a bigger city is. The amount of crime, the amount of people that have firearms, the amount of things that are going on is a lot more intense in the bigger and the more urban society that you have. Not saying that it's not dangerous in other places, but it's just a different kind of mentality. So I think that that transfer into your private life. And so some people are going to be a little bit more intense than other people. Well, I think that you you mentioned something about watching people's hands or whatever. And it came up at one point that you said that you have a thing for women's hands. Like you have to have someone with nice hands because you watch people's hands all the time. I'm like, well, that's interesting. It is. And that's something that when I was younger, it never really mattered to me. But now, yeah, it's a huge thing. I do notice people's hands and women's hands have become very attractive to me because I see a lot of hands. And just like, well, now we don't do it anymore because of COVID, but shaking people's hands. All the things in my life are all physical stuff, so my hands are very rough. And you know, when I touch some guy that has soft hands, it like freaks me out. <laughs> it's just like that does not feel right, you know. And so, Ooh. I mean, it's just like vice versa. I've shaken hands with women, and they just about break your hand. It's like holy crap, that gal's strong. Well, I just think it's funny the things that because of your job you have translated those things into attractiveness or your dating life that just other people wouldn't even. Unless you were into hands for other reasons. I don't think. I mean, it's just interesting. Yeah, I think. and I think that there's going to be a lot of people out there like that. I think that. What, they're looking at hands? No, I think that people that there's going to be things about your career that you focus on a lot. Like, I'm not going to. I mean, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I mean, one of the big things for me is uh, is I'm a breast guy. So, I mean, like what? a lot of guys, I'm a breast guy. So, oh. like a lot of guys, I focus <laughs> on that a lot. But I even wondered if you're like a plastic surgeon and you're doing a lot of boob jobs boob jobs i just wonder if it like suddenly you're just like you know what? i'm really not into boobs anymore i mean i don't know if that's even just pop- can that even happen i don't know if that man? can happen but i just <laughs> i don't i've often wondered about that about people like a uh, guy personally find women's bodies gorgeous and i like them but I, I just wonder if like let's say you worked at planned parenthood or you're a gynecologist and you've got to look at women's bodies in a certain way Clinically. Clinically. I wonder if it loses some of its appeal or if it'd be like, you know what, it's just not that special. I don't know, because let me tell you, I if I have to go to the lady doctor, I'm always like, get me a woman. I don't care what you have to do. And I have had women say, the best OBGYNs are the old guys. And I'm like, uh, ew. Because her hands vibrate? No. <laughs> That's funny. No. No. I just don't. I just can't wrap my head around it. I can't bring myself to go to, because I can't make that mental detachment. How can a man, when most men are driven by visual and hormonal things, how can they detach that from seeing women's naked body parts? I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious, but I, I think that you become detached from that kind of stuff. It's just like at my job, it's like some people be like, oh, I, can, I don't know how you can handle like this thing. It's so stressful. It's like, well, when you're exposed to that so much, you kind of become callous to it. So yeah. like, whatever, it's just another freaking thing. Another car on fire or whatever. Your level of tolerance or understanding just changes so drastically that it's not even on a perception that anybody else can even understand. And so I think that that's probably like that for a lot of people for a lot of different things. We need to go find a surgeon and we need to go find a male OBGYN and ask. Them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even if you're like a shoe salesman, you know, I mean, if you're doing dealing with that. Yeah, they probably have a thing for feet. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at feet and you learn to appreciate like a, a nice set of feet or some gnarly bunion looking covered nasty things, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of things out there. Okay, well, I did some research. Of course, I always do this up front. Well, it's um, good to have some kind of data. 
<laughs> Tell me what you think about these generalized benefits. These aren't necessarily ones that I came up with, but we're what just were they gonna... on Facebook. No, well, I it's know not you true hate unless... Facebook. Well, it's not true unless it's on Facebook. <laughs> we can talk about each one of these. The first one you actually already covered that being with a cop can make you feel safe and secure. And I think that that one is definitely something that women find to be a benefit to dating a cop. I think if you're one of those women that's kind of like, well, I can take care of myself. I don't need any, anyone to man to protect me. Then you're probably not looking for that sort of a thing. But the next one is that most cops have good hearts because they're underpaid and work long hours and they have a high moral character. Do you think that that generalization is true when it comes to dating a cop? Well, there's outliers. And I think for the most part, police officers are very moral people. I mean, they, I think that you really want to help people. You really want to do right. Obviously, there's outliers out there and people make mistakes. And there's people out there that don't belong in that job, just like every career. So for the most part, I think you're going to find that police officers are very good people. Because like I said, they're service driven. Any, anything that's service driven, I think you're going to find an ability to give more of yourself than you would take. That could be a benefit. Yeah, definitely. So what about the fact that it says that, you know, they're brave because they're trained to run toward problems rather than away from them? Well, yeah. And I'd say for the most part, that's true. Although I've seen plenty of officers that won't go into those. I mean, there's officers that will take certain calls that they know are not going to be stressful or they're not going to be dangerous. And then there's some that are always running to that. There's adrenaline junkies. And some of that could be dangerous. You know, people that are always rushing in wide open. There's days where it's like really exciting. And then the next day it may be quiet. And it's like, man, this blows. I mean, it just isn't that fun. I have always been kind of an adrenaline junkie, but it's like getting that feeling of being in the action all the time. It's hard to let go of that. You know, well, don't you think that that adrenaline junkie, if you are that type of person and you're a cop, I mean, I think some women are drawn to the adrenaline junkie anyway. Yeah, I think it's totally, especially like I said, when you're younger, the strangest things that I've ever seen was you know, every year we have these motorcycle rides that benefit charity. And it used to be more popular. It's not as much anymore, but it used to be every cop was going at a motorcycle. And you would see just the wildest things you've ever seen. I mean, you would have sworn you're out with a bunch of outlaw bikers because the first time I came out there, I came out of one of the stops and this guy's on his motorcycle and he's got one hand on one of the handlebars. The other hand is holding a can of beer <laughs> and he's like, doing a burnout and he's got sunglasses on he's smoking a cigarette and he's got no shirt on just a leather vest and i'm like who the hell is that and they're like oh that's one of our senior commanders it's like (laughs) holy crap all right so i mean you have that extreme that's a wild dude you know i mean well he's probably got a desk job now he's probably like i need to do something. he's retired and another funny thing about that guy i mean he was hardcore dude and one time i was at my buddy's bar and he showed up and he looked around, he saw me, recognized me, and came over, and we started hanging out. And I tried to keep up with that guy, and it just about killed me. Like drinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy could put him away, and he was hardcore. And I mean, that's old school cop, and used to be hardcore. You had to be just as tough and as bad as the bad guys out there. So I Well, think- I think the most recent one, I think this is funny, the taking the, the police bike thing that you did last week. Oh, yeah. And you were like riding, because you just had a hair up your butt to ride a bike or something, you were riding around before. A morning briefing or something and you were like well i want to do it again tomorrow if i can before the commander comes down or whatever and the, but then you told me the story about what was the guy the story about the guy with the motorcycle before the oh yeah after a briefing we came out and the guy had a real powerful crash rocket sport bike and we're all out there getting our squad cars ready and he comes out gets on his bike fires it up goes out on the street rides a wheelie all the way like 10 blocks on his bike comes back all the way and people are like <laughs> out on the street and driving by and they're like there's a cop riding wheelie down the street on a motorcycle 
and then wheels into the parking lot and power slides in, turns it off, hops off it, and the sergeant walks out. And it just like all of the rest of us cops are like almost wet in our pants. We're like, holy crap, that, that's insane. And, like he's going to get in trouble. Yeah. And it's like, just didn't care. You know, I mean, just that's how, I mean, you get a lot of that. Some part of it is uh, to alleviate stress and stuff. I think the deal with the darker parts of society, I think you have to have a little bit of a dark side to you. So yeah, I think that could be a lure to people. One of the other things was that, now I know this assumption is probably old school, that cops are strong because officers are held to a certain physical fitness standard. Now I know that this is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it does not apply across the board. Well, yeah, I think that in theory, like I know our <laughs> department, we're required to take a physical fitness test every year. For the most part, you know, being a street officer or working in patrol, it's a very sedentary job because you're in a squad car most of the day. You get out and you talk to people, you walk in and calls, but it's not a lot of physical stuff going on. Like I eat in a hurry. I don't sit down and have lunch anywhere. I usually just bring stuff to snack on. But some people do get stuff and it's like usually crappy food. I think that in theory, you, you want to be in shape, but I think the majority of people probably aren't. So uh, I'm just, I just want to say that this assumption then it's, I have seen this meme where there's like a cop with a short sleeve uniform on and he's got a course of arm full of tattoos in his arms, like his shirts, like super like tight around his arm. And, and I know that you've said that some officers do get their shirts tailored that way on purpose, yeah, yeah. which is kind of amusing to me because as a woman and you see that and you're like, I think the meme was like, it was some cop waiting in line for food or something. And it was like, I feel like I should be stealing something right now, you know, because you want to like, oh my gosh, that cop is so hot. And But I think if you actually observe police officers in your real life, most of them probably aren't that stereotype of being in super good shape and that they're super strong. And they might be trained maybe to defend themselves or other people or something, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the fact of like physical strength. I think that as you get older, not everybody's into that. I mean, there's certainly a good portion of people that are. I used to live down in the cities and I'd go downtown, you know, to Minneapolis or whatever. That's where the excitement is usually. And you see those street cops on the, on the corner there with clubs and stuff, whatever is going on. And they are huge. Yeah. And, and But now I live up in the middle and kind of nowhere, and it's, it's kind of not the same thing. So I don't think that... Yeah, and I think it it is relative. I mean, if you're working in an environment where you're getting a lot of physical altercations, then yeah, you're going to have a drive to make sure that you're a little bit stronger. And for years, I mean, things have changed, but I mean, it used to be back in the 60s and even the 70s, there was a height and weight standard for a lot of officers, and they wanted big guys that could toss people around. It isn't like that anymore where there's a lot more community policing and stuff like that. And so I think there's been a lot more focus on training and that kind of stuff. But same thing with firefighters. You've got to climb stairs carrying heavy equipment and hoses and all this stuff. You know, in most academies, the physical part of it is very big part of it. So people come out of training or an academy situation, and they might be in the best shape of their lives. So I see a lot of young officers that are in very good shape. And uh, I think that that, yeah, that would have some of the appeal to it. And I, yeah, obviously... Your guy that's been on for 30 years that's balding and, you know, has his belly, it can barely be contained by his gun belt. I mean, those people are out there too, but. Well, I think that's a good point though. Like if you're in an environment like downtown Minneapolis and that's where you work and you need to be physically intimidating, then yeah, then you need to do that. And if that takes extra effort in your extracurricular time 
to do that, then yeah, that does make sense and it translates to the job. But if there's no real driver, if you're not that kind of personality that wants to be that way just anyway, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can make that assumption about cops being physically strong. Yeah, and most of the, as the way it works, especially in your larger department, most of the people that are out on patrol, the majority of them are the young guys that are just coming on. So they're going to be in better shape. Whereas a lot of your people that have been there for a long time are either on desk jobs as detectives or in supervisory roles where they're not out on the street. So you don't see them as much. So there could be a perception that those guys are in good stronger. shape. Yeah, stronger and in good shape. And I suppose. This one I think that you'll probably have thoughts about. The sex will be good because they're healthy and physically fit. They have attentive and creative minds and they live so close to fear, so they would know how to make the most of each moment. Yeah, I think some of that is true, depending on how well they manage their stress. And that can have a huge part of it. But I think that one of the things is, yeah, I mean, you're just, you're wild. I mean, it's like you've been there and you've seen things that people don't normally see. And so you're open to trying a lot of different things because things just don't scare you as much. I think there's a lot of things that you look, like we talked about that adrenaline junkie, you're looking for things to make your weird situations to get into because the stuff that you see is so weird that normal stuff probably doesn't excite you. So you're going to have a little bit probably different desires, I suppose, and different... Uh, or just maybe a different level of, not passion, but like just... Yeah, I would say you do. You have a... Yeah, I mean, it's like you see on a regular basis how... Intensity. That's intensity, the yeah. <laughs> intensity, yeah. I mean, aggression. I mean, some of that when you're at work... And you're seeing things that you can't control. There used to be a lot of talk about street justice. Bad guys, you give them street justice. So if you had a guy that was committing crimes and was a big problem or victimized somebody, in the process of arresting them, you would make sure that they got a little bit of payback. We don't do that anymore. You just lose your job if you did, especially with all the body camera and everything going on. But I mean, that tension and stress and aggression has got to come out somewhere. And And sometimes it comes out in the bedroom. That's right. So you might have somebody that is a little more aggressive if you're into that. And officers are usually used to being in control, constantly in control, because you have to control the situation. So it's very second nature to do that. And some people like that. So, yeah. Aren't you going to ask me about that? About what? (laughs) You're not going to ask me if I find that that to be a true statement? Well, I, from personal knowledge, I, I, I know that that's a true statement just because of the interaction we've had recently. But, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but no, we're supposed to be having a conversation with our audience. Okay, yeah, all right. So, yeah, okay. Well, you can answer that if you want. What you got to ask about? me the question. Well, do you think that, well, how do you want me to ask the question? <laughs> if I think that dating a cop means that the sex is better. Yeah, do you mean think that dating a cop, the sex is better? Well, I can say, honestly, that what you said is true about the aggression thing. I know there exists the potential when you come right from work. On those nights, sometimes it's a little more aggressive. And I think that you may or may not have said something like, oh, I worked out a little aggression there. That's yeah. Like, oh, wow, that explains it. But I am also the kind of person that doesn't mind that. So if this is a real thing, if this is across the board kind of a thing with cops, I think if you're, you know, want to have a pretty exciting sex life, then yeah, maybe that is something that you would see as a benefit. Here's another one, too. And and it's funny when I read these generalizations, because, uh, you know, a lot of them do apply to you. And I just wonder how, because I don't really know any other cops, actually. Where do these come from, anyways? I can't tell you. I would have to kill you. Um, This one is that they're not Google. They're natural leaders because in the line of duty, they need to make key decisions. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why when you're asking me, well, what do you want to have for dinner? I don't care. It's like, honestly, I've made so many decisions in one period of 10 hours that I make in my personal life in probably months. And so it's like, you just don't want to do that after a while. You can make those decisions, but it's usually in a stressful situation. So it's like, with all the stress, it's like, well, okay, this doesn't feel like I need to make a decision here, you know? Well, I just think it's funny because you say that, like, I have to make all these decisions, but then in our personal, like, relationship, you never make any decisions. So That's like, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I think that it's it could be translated a different way. It's like, if you're making all these decisions right away, it's like, when you're personal, if you don't want to make those decisions, I can, like, okay, are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? Like, if we're driving down the street, do we need to make a left or a right? It's like, I can make it like that super quick. But mundane things, like... What are we going to have for dinner and stuff like that? It's like, I just don't want to make that decision. It's like, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, but do you think that other officers are like that, or is that a you thing? You know, there's got to be control freaks everywhere. So, I mean, if you're an officer and you're a control freak, then, yeah, you're going to want to make every decision for everybody. I suppose that's a possibility. Yeah, but I'm a control freak, so that just wouldn't work, actually. That's right. (laughs) But when it comes to not just decisiveness, but more just being a natural leader, I don't think that you necessarily have to be, like, super... Well, yes and no. Decisive. Well, and and honestly, I don't. There's people that are good at leadership roles, and there's a lot that goes into leadership roles. But I don't think that it's something that you're necessarily born to do. I think it has a lot to do with your experiences and your comfortability and that kind of stuff. And I think that you have to learn how to be a good leader. And that comes with understanding how to deal with people personally. It's a generalization. And I think that anybody that's type A is probably going to be more apt to make decisions quicker than other people. But I want to make the point that like, you're two different ways in that. But just because you can't make a decision about where we go to dinner doesn't mean that you're not like a natural born leader because you're like quiet. So I mean, even in your past before you were a cop, weren't you like some sort of a squad leader or something? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that I can be a pretty good leader because for a lot of different reasons, I think one of the reasons is that I just, I don't have to be right all the time. I don't have to push my stuff on people. I usually, I like to lead by example. I like to work hard and I like to set the example of that kind of stuff. I, like I said, looking in good uniform, I'm real good about not judging people. I'm a good listener, all those kind of things. There's a lot of stuff that goes into being a good leader person and it doesn't have, you don't have to necessarily be in a leadership role. You just, there's things you can do to be a good leader and that people are just naturally drawn to you. You would be a good leader because you're friendly and people trust you and that kind of stuff. And so people are drawn to those kind of personalities. Yeah. I mean, and I like to be in control and I'm very decisive. I like to be in a leadership position because I, well, I'm a control freak. So I, I'd rather be in control than have someone else telling me what to do where I can't control the situation. But for you, I mean, you have been an instructor and a trainer and like in many different aspects. And I think that for you, it makes sense. Like, I think that you may have been a natural born leader, but I don't know if all cops, you can generalize the fact that they are good leaders. Yeah, I think so. I think that you would make the generalization because when you go out there, you can have an accident scene and there's an officer out there that's doing all these things, taking information, directing traffic, doing these things. He's very much in control of that situation. Not everybody could do that. And so I think there's a perception that, yeah, they know what they're doing. And there's a perception that they're professional. You tell your kids, it's like, if you get lost or if you're in trouble, you go talk to the cop. You don't go tell them, go talk to the construction worker, go talk to these other people. <laughs> Not that those aren't things you could do, but it's like, it's like it's a role that is supposed to be in leadership. When things are falling apart or going apart, it's like, who do we go to try to say, yeah, it's these people that are out there supposed to be in control. Um, so it is true then. Well, if there's all these benefits then to dating or being with a cop, then why does research say that the divorce rate for cop marriages is higher than the standard divorce rate? Well, because those things are good qualities and it might be why you're drawn to somebody, but it's the other stuff that they don't talk about. 
cops have a high suicide rate too. It's very hard unless you have some kind of spirituality or some kind of peer counseling or some kind of somewhat to deal with trauma. That stuff builds up. Cops are not good about talking about stuff because they don't want to seem weak. They don't want to seem vulnerable, especially with their peers. Over time, that builds up and it's going to cause you to fight. When I was married and I would come home, I'd be burnt out and I just wanted to shut down. And then when my significant other wants to talk about issues within the relationship or wants me to be present in that moment with her, you can't do it sometimes when you don't understand these things. You're upset because you saw somebody get killed or you had to watch somebody that's been victimized and take their story down. Those things that it's like not directly affecting you, but it's like you can't let it go and you can't not see the horrible accent you were to. If you lock that down, you don't talk about it and you don't let it get out somehow, it's like it's going to come out in other unhealthy ways. Whether you self-medicate with drinking or you're out chasing other women around or men, whatever your situation is, or you're abusive because you've had to sit there and have somebody spitting in your face and talking and you just, you hold that in and you, you get home and the first time that somebody looks at you strange, you're all over them yelling at them and you're accusing them of lying to you and all that kind of stuff. I think that those things can make you very ugly in a relationship. Well, it's almost like you deal with PTSD every day. Like people that go in the military, they get deployed and they see things, but it's like constant. They don't switch it on and off every day, like in the evening. Whereas a cop might go to work and then have a lot of those same types of like intense situations, but then have to come home and be a completely normal person. Yeah, I mean, I struggled with it for years. If you have those other things in your life that talked about spirituality and, you know, physical fitness is a good one. Any kind of outlet outlet to alleviate the stress. And then you can look at it and say, you know what? None of the things that I dealt with as a personal level, I've got to let that go. And I think that when you can do that, once you've come through it and you've matured out of it and you can understand it and you've let yourself become vulnerable and you say, you know what? This is my job. I see bad things, but the world isn't bad. And once you can do that, you can become healthier. Well, do you think that part of the reasons that cop relationships fail is because they just start out picking the wrong type of person? Yeah, definitely. I think that's it's huge, just like in a military situation. Whoever you're with as a police officer, whoever that person is at home that's there to support you has a huge job. And I mean, that's going to be somebody that's really got to be understanding and got to be selfless because you can't bombard that person when they walk in the door with normal routine issues that you might have. You're going to have to kind of play it out and see well, where are they are when they come home. Is this a day that I, I just have to let them be? You know, are they upbeat? Do you have the tools and the ability to open that person up and let them be vulnerable to you at least? You know. So, well, that actually leads into the next question about what does a cop look for then in a romantic partner? Well, I think that it depends, again, where you're at within your situation. I think that a lot of cops are drawn to chaotic people. Cops are infamous for picking bad relationships. Even though they say they don't want drama, they're usually drawn to it. And so you have people that are jealous and they come and cause problems at work when you're at work. Well, what do you think if somebody knew that about, if you were a cop and you maybe knew some of these things that you should avoid or the things that might happen to you, what should they be looking for? Someone that just is good at emotionally reading them and that's understanding or something? Or... What do you mean, looking for a significant other? Yeah. Well, I think just like anything else, and we've said this before, is I, I think that you shouldn't go into any relationship unless you've got your house cleaned up, your things in order, and you're in a healthy spot. If you have any kind of unresolved issues going into a relationship, it's going to end badly. I don't care who you are. In a cop situation, it's even worse because most people, especially young in their career, or even at all, are going to be like, yeah, I've got this under control because you don't want to seem like you're not in control. 
like I said, unless you're squared away and you got your ducks in a row and you're healthy, you're going to be drawn to somebody bad and you're going to cause some issues. Well, why do you think that men become cops and what kinds of men are generally in that type of profession? Well, I think that anybody that is in that kind of role is somebody that wants to serve. It's a general desire to want to help people because you're not going to be rich. You're not going to be famous. You're going to be working crappy hours. You're going to have a lot of stress. But at the same time, you do get to help people. And I think that that's super rewarding. And I think that that's a lot of people's intention going in, just regardless of where it turns out. I would say that's the drive for most people. Well, what have other women that you dated thought about your profession as a cop? Have they even said anything about it? Has it even come up? I'm sure it has, but I think it's just, you know, like I said, it's some of the things I already talked about as far as working a lot and not wanting to talk a lot. Even to this day, very rarely do I want to come home and tell stories about what I did at work, even though they may seem exciting to other people. To me, it's just like, I just want to forget about it, you know? Well, one of the things I actually like about your job is the stories. It's funny that you just said that because I do... And we're long distance, so we have to do the phone calls or whatever. But after work, I always ask you, did anything exciting happen today? Because in my life, the things that happen to you are always going to be way more exciting, even if you know you, you always say no, which I don't know if that's the truth or if that's just you trying to not want to have to talk to me about it. Well, but- I mean, for me, it's always been, I mean, it's like when you go on training days, like when we go to, when you go to on a training day, you usually run into people that you haven't seen for a long time maybe people that you came through training with or people you used to work with or something or old partners or something. And it's like, you'll see these guys get together and they're all wearing like 5'11 tactical you know, <laughs> BU pants. And they're wearing the, we fight with your fear shirts, all this goofy cop crap. And it's like, they stand around and they talk about, Oh, I chase this guy down. I have always hated talking about that stuff to me. Why? It's just, because it's just talking shop. And to me, it's just bravado stuff. I personally just have a lot more other interests. You know, I want to talk about motorcycles or I want to talk about, dating <laughs> uh, yeah dating i want to talk about dating that's really what i want to do i mean i finally have found it here so i mean all my dreams have come true but i mean it's just you do like to talk about work like, about your work and my work yeah so i'm well, saying i just like to talk yeah if it's something that i think is funny or something i think but usually i think something's funny during the day and as the day goes on i just was like you know what that wasn't that funny i think some of them yeah you do you have had some really good ones and like I think uh, there's some of them that just stick in my mind. And I'm a very visual person when it comes to listening to things or whatever. So wasn't there like a little girl that followed you around, put stickers on your pants the whole time? Yeah, I was on a call talking to a girl about, I don't even know what it was. But yeah, the little girl was probably like a three-year-old, kept sticking stickers in my pants. And pretty soon I had a dozen stickers. And then the mom started pulling them off my pants. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of awkward. Just leave them on there, you know. Yeah, but then wasn't there like a chicken in someone's apartment that followed you around too? Yeah, there was a... When, went to another call, it been like a burglary, and I kept hearing this little chirping noise, and I looked down, and here's this little chick, like a baby chicken, and it's just like standing next to me, and I get up, <laughs> and every time I walk around, the thing would follow me around, and I'm like, uh, is this a pet chicken? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, we raise the chickens until they get bigger, and then we take them out to a farm, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's just goofy. Well, yeah. and it's funny, because there's stuff like that that happens, and then there's like the, the action movie stuff, like that you would assume that cops get to deal with, like car chases, or you run somebody down in the parking lot, or whatever. And a lot of those, I mean, most of those things are are really far and few between. I mean, even in a, on a busy day, you're not, it's not all that kind of running and gun and exciting stuff. A lot of it's just really bizarre stuff that you just human nature stuff where you're just like what in the heck i mean every time you think you've seen something that is just the weirdest thing you're gonna see you just see something that totally tops it it's just really <laughs> weird and i mean 
it skews the way you look at things, obviously. Some of it's entertaining, and, and some of it's funny, and some of it's tragic, but I mean, it's well, didn't just... you have two car chases in like one day? Once? Yeah, well, we don't have any car chases anymore, but anybody that listens to this from my supervisory positions um, <laughs> that may hear this, yeah, we don't do that anymore, but yeah, I, there was one day where I had like actually two in one day, and that, yeah, I mean, there's there are days like that. I mean, there's days where it's just like nonstop over and over. You know, one of the things about place work that probably people do know or they don't know Whatever you do, the more exciting that something is, the more paperwork you have to do on it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like some things that require so much paperwork and so many different forms and things to be filled out that it just is like, it's yeah, not worth the it's, it's just like, yeah, I don't want to do that at all. It's like the last thing I want to do. Well, wasn't there, I think that there was one that you, didn't you run through the, I don't know, Walmart or Goodwill or some parking lot. And then afterwards, all the other cops are like, oh, I heard you got to do whatever. They were like trying to live vicariously through you on that Yeah, one. I think you do. It's like a... I would say like a ravenous thing. I mean, when when you hear somebody get on the radio and it's exciting, I mean, it, everybody's like, oh my gosh, here we go. You know, I think that, <laughs> you know, there's part of you that is looking for that and it's part of you that gets caught up in it. But yeah, I mean. They all like, come rushing, right? Like it's like. Yeah. And there's, and there's people that are notorious for doing that kind of, I mean, there's people that are always doing something like that and it gets old sometimes. I mean, it's just like, man, we're, we're so busy right now. Why do you got to do something like that? You know, or whatever, even you catch yourself doing like, what am I doing? You know? There is that drive in you that it's a trigger that gets triggered and it's part of your personality. Well, do you think that the storytelling is like from work is the norm then or, or not? And can it be considered a fringe benefit to being with a cop? Or I'll tell you one thing it is. It's a therapeutic way of dealing with stuff. We do it at work because we have to talk about some of this stuff. And we try to put humor in it because it's a uh, survival thing. The only way that you can make sense of a lot of stuff that you see is you make light of it or you joke with your friends and they, we've all been there. And when everybody that you're working with has been there, if you can get in a relationship with a police officer and they do share these things with you, I think you're going to find a super deep connection because it's like you're actually a therapeutic process for that person to explain this is how crazy it is. And that's the connection you can have. And I think that's where you see the jealousy of, you know, even I've had male partners that I've been with. And had, you know, that I've dated people and they're jealous because it's like... Well, that's silly. That doesn't even make any sense. Well, because it's... You're sharing such a deep connection with someone that is deeper than... I, I mean, it's really deeper than a lot... than There's people that I've been partnered up with that you become so deep with in trusting of each other because of the stress and the situation that it's a deeper closeness than you would have with your significant other. Because it's like when something's really screwed up and you look at each other, it's just like, man, this is really screwed up. And you don't do that with your significant other. When we're sitting here at home watching TV or something, there's not going to be that moment where we're both like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. (laughs) I hope not. I mean, it's just not going to. And when you go through that with somebody, it is such a deep connection. Years from now, when you see each other, you're going to be right back in that moment. And it's just like, oh my gosh, that was bad. You don't even have to say anything. That can be seen as a jealous thing. Or there are guys, I don't. There's not really anybody at work that I hang out with, but there has been people in the past that I would go out and do things with and be on motorcycle rides and that kind of stuff. And people will get jealous. Andy, do you think that being a cop has been an overall benefit or hindrance to your dating life? And what would you tell women who are aspiring to date a cop? Well, I think that the perception is that it's a masculine profession. And I think that that's going to have some draws. And I think it is a benefit. I mean, especially... I really thought when I was online dating and I was in the mounted unit where I was working with animals all the time, I always thought, hey, this has got to be a cool job for people to think. And people would tell me that all the time, you got the best job in the world or you got my dream job or that kind of thing. And it was an awesome thing because, like I said, it was just really cool. 
And I think that there's that draw. It is an exciting job and it's a masculine job. So I think that women that are drawn to somebody that's masculine, they would like that. Firefighters, EMTs, these positions are like, wow, that's exciting stuff. It's really cool. I think the biggest thing about dating a cop is that if you're a needy person and you need that person constantly there, you need them constantly responding with a text message, you're not going to have that. Because when a cop's at work, they may be totally at work. And you can't call them up and be like, oh my gosh, I can't find my keys. Because (laughs) you just go, so what? I'm pretty sure I called you one day and I was like, where is the lighter? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so it's just, just, that's probably not going to be the case. And then it's like, unless you're a senior officer, you're not going to get every holiday off. You're not going to be off on Christmas. You're not going to be off on Thanksgiving. Some of the days that you have off are going to be filled with court or details or having to go to training and that kind of stuff. Your schedule is always going to be changing because of things that come up. And so you're going to have to be somebody that is able to let some of that go. You're not going to be able to make the demands on your significant other to say, you know what, you have to be here for the birthdays and that kind of stuff. You're going to miss some of that. So I think that's something to really think about. And even when they come home, they may not be present in that moment. And you're going to have to say, you know what, this day, I'm going to have to let them be gone. And then maybe the next time we'll be able to get them back, but it's it's never going to be consistent. One of the biggest things about law enforcement is it's not a consistent thing. There's always going to be something that is chaotic or happening, and either you roll with it or you don't roll with it. And I would say that that's going to be the biggest decision to make if you're going to date somebody like that. Well, there have been times when Andy's put on call for court appearances and those days always seem to fall on the days when you're supposed to be at my house. And yeah. and I have complained about it because I am, like I said, a control freak. And you say, well, you're the one who wanted to date a cop. And I always say, no, I wanted to date you and you happen to be a cop. I think that if you are considering relating the two things, cops and dating, that cops are really just people with a job. And that's all. I don't think that you should view them any differently in general than anyone else that you encounter in your everyday life. When I reached out to Andy on that dating website, I wasn't necessarily looking for a cop specifically. I was looking for love and for actual badge bunnies. I think that stereotyping all male cops into some fantasy role is only going to lead to issues because people can't be categorized all that easily. And you're probably setting yourself up to fail. For everyone else, though, I'd say that If you want to find yourself with a cop, try to be flexible and understanding that if his job pulls him away, it's for a good and highly noble reason. If a cop has chosen to spend his life with you, count yourself lucky to have a man with a heart that's purer than most and a willingness to fight to the death for you. But I'd also say you maybe should find a different costume for the bedroom other than one that's in blue. Yeah, well put. And now it's time for our listener question. Gabe from Detroit writes, how much does someone's profession or line of work really impact someone when they're dating? Is profession more a qualifying dating factor for one gender or the other? Uh, that's a good question. I have no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think on that deal? Well, I think, yes, potentially women might look more at a man's profession and earning potential than maybe a man to the other side of that. You know, when he's looking for a woman, I think men are more probably looking for someone that's attractive more so than like, oh, well, her job isn't that great. Maybe in a in a life partner situation, you might look at someone's work ethic and, and job earning potential, don't you think, when you're looking for someone that as a uh, man? I, yeah, I think that it's going to be what your value system is. If you're looking for love, I don't think that, well, I, I would love you, but you don't make enough money. I mean, that would be kind of goofy. 
but I, it happens. I mean, there's people that I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this successful. And if you want the big fancy house and the big fancy cars and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, it's going to make a huge play in how you look at it. If that, those things aren't important to you and you want somebody that's a quality person, then I think you can find that in any kind of workforce, any kind of income level, any kind of stuff. Right. But love isn't always enough, unfortunately. Well, yeah. And I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Especially in reality wise, love doesn't pay the bills. So then a profession is important probably on both sides for both genders. Again, I think it depends on the person that you are. I mean, I personally don't really care. But I thought that you said that you dated somebody once who you thought you together and your jobs combined might struggle long-term financially because of her profession, or maybe it was something. It really depends on the person. Like I said, if you meet somebody and you're really into them, and if you let their career be the driving factor while you're not with that person, I think it's kind of sad. The but, career is probably part of the overall score package. Yeah. Yeah, and when it's all said and done, yeah, but I would say that the majority of people don't have fancy cars and don't have fancy jobs and don't make six-figure salaries. So, I mean, if you're only looking for that, then you're you're going to be narrowed pretty low. Well, there's certain dating websites for that specifically, yeah. but I think that when you're looking at someone's profession when it comes to dating, you're probably looking maybe for a history of like longevity, like, oh, well, this person at least worked this many years, they're going to be stable in whatever career that they're in. And then I don't think that most people necessarily look for someone in a specific profession. I don't think. I mean, like I said, at the well, I, I, I mean, there's something to be said about it. I mean, obviously, I've talked about many times about doing the things you need to get what you want. So I, I think that if if you have that drive to get a good career and to be stable and that stuff, it's definitely going to put you in an advantage. Because obviously, if you can support somebody or be an equal contributor to somebody, an equal partnership, you know, it enables so many different things. You can go out and if you got a great career and you're in great shape and you're witty and you're funny, I mean, if you have all the things that, that, that are desirable, then yeah, definitely it's going to be good. Just that's common sense. but It's a functioning part of the equation. Yeah. So when it comes to dating, I think your career isn't everything. And as long as you can work on some of those other aspects, like Andy just said, some of those other things that make you attractive to the opposite sex, then or whoever it is that you're trying to attract, then I think that the job can go either way. It can either help you or it can just kind of be there as, a, you know, it's just a thing. It is what it is. I mean, if you're 21 and you're in school and you're working at Pizza Ranch, I mean, really, you know, what kind of career? I mean, you can't really be judged totally for your career. As long as you can see a potential, like you said, if you're hardworking. It's and, more of a work ethic. Yeah, I think it it's, it's, and it's, that's all personality stuff. I think it ties in. If somebody's a load and they don't want to do anything or contribute or if they want to just play video games all day long and they don't want to do anything else, then, yeah, there's going to be some issues there. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to the G.I. Joe and Barbie in Love podcast. If you would like us to answer your dating or relationship questions, you can find us on Facebook or you can email us at G.I. Joe and Barbie in Love at gmail.com. Until next time, just remember, when it comes to dating, never, ever settle. Yeah, it's either death or glory. Hoorah. Hoorah.